This segment of the Cliff Notes Podcast is sponsored by the Maryville Forum Sports Section. The Maryville Forum provides coverage of the Maryville, Platte Valley, Nottoway Valley, Worth County, and Northwest Missouri State football teams each week in print and digital. The Forum is proud to cover all sports for Maryville, Platte Valley, North Nottoway, Northeast Nottoway, Nottoway Valley High Schools, and Northwest Missouri State University. A year-long subscription to the Forum is only $35. Go to MaryvilleForum.com to get yours today. And welcome, everybody, back to our Week 6 pregame show here on the Clip Notes Podcast. This is our last segment of the pregame show where we talk about eight-man football, and then we'll run down the Kansas schedule as well. Let's not waste any more time. Let's run down some scores from Week 5. In a huge in a huge top-10 matchup, Worth County knocks off King City 44-34 with the final score. That win propelled Worth County to number two in the eight-man football rankings this week. LeBlanc with a tough loss to Archie, 28-24. to That was the Golden Eagles' first loss of the regular season. North Andrew all over St. Joe Christian, 74-6. Platte Valley over Albany, 56-38. East Atchison shuts down Rockport in half, 48-0. Mound City over Nottoway Valley, 58-14. South Holt over DeKalb, 64-6. Southwest Livingston over Stewartsville, Osborne, 22-12. Troy over Pleasanton, 56-6. Atchison over Harmon, 70-0. Republic County over Mar Hill, 44-16. St. Mary's over Riverside, 74-7. Holton over Sabetha, 41-17. Rock Creek shuts out Hiawatha, 48-0. Nemaha Central over ACCHS, 20-0. Jeff County North over Horton, 60-3. And then an eight-man action, 44-36. Washington County defeated Donovan West. Also on the Missouri side, Stanbury defeated Pattonsburg, 75-14. That is it for our Week 5 scoreboard. We're going to run down everything on Week 6. After a quick commercial break, you're listening to the Clip Notes Podcast Week 6 pregame show. And welcome everybody back to the eight man in Kansas portion of the week six pregame show. We're going to run down the week six schedule beginning with the city of St. Joseph eight man football teams. We're going to start off with Bishop LeBlanc looking to rebound off their first loss of the regular season to Archie. They take it on Kansas City East Christian. They also have a record of four and one on the season. Should be really interesting. Don't know a lot about Kansas City East Christian. So, you know, I would I did have an interview to opportunity to talk. With Bishop LeBlanc and Coach Chuck Davis, um, we talked about last week's game with Archie. And he kind of filled me in on Kansas City East Christian. We talked a little bit about that in our interview. That's coming up right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are kicking off our interview portions of the Week 6 pregame show, the 8-man edition, with the head coach of the Bishop LeBlanc Golden Eagles. That would be Chuck Davis. Coach, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Well, Coach, um, last week on Friday night, um, you guys took a road trip to Archie, unfortunately suffered your first loss of the regular season, 28-24 to in a close ball game. Coach, just uh, give us your thoughts on the game. Uh, it, you know, that's a good football team down there. It was a tough loss. They are big and, and physical up front, and they gave us a full dose of that. You know, we, we still weren't at 100% healthy, and I thought that uh, – their coaching staff did a good job of uh, figuring out what was going to work and and uh, running that to perfection on Friday. So we came up short, but we saw a lot of a lot of good things out of that too that we can build on moving forward. 
Coach, you're going to have an opportunity to build and move forward this week. Uh, back at home at Eagles Stadium, you're going to be facing off against Kansas City East Christian on Friday. Um, what if, what can you tell us about what you've seen on film from them, and uh, what can we expect on Friday? They're a team that I think we match up with pretty well. They're 4-1 and one also. Uh, we've played no uh, same opponents yet, so they are fast. You know, that's that's something we tend to use to our advantage also is our speed. So it should be a pretty fast-moving, fast-paced game. And this is a team that I think up front we can match up with. Typically that's kind of our our uh, focal point each week is how our undersized linemen can weather the storm against some big physical eight-man teams. But this is somebody I think that is going to try to get out, get on the outside and run with us. So um, it should be a fun one. Absolutely. Definitely looking forward to it, Coach. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Once again, good luck to you and your boys this week against Kansas City East Christian. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. That was Bishop LeVon Golden Eagle head coach Chuck Davis. Next up on the schedule, St. Joe Christian looking to get their first win of the regular season. They go on a road trip a couple hours away to Knox County to take on them. We had an opportunity to talk with the head coach of the St. Joseph Christian Lions, Troy Shank. We talked about last week's game against North Andrew, how they're getting better every single week on the field, and a look ahead to this week's matchup with Knox County. Here's our interview with Coach Shank right now. And we're here on the Clip Dust Podcast. We are continuing on with our eight-man portion of the Week 6 pregame show. We are here with the head coach of the St. Joseph Christian Lions, Troy Shank. Coach, how are you? Good, Clifton. Thanks for having me back again this week. Absolutely. Glad to have you. So, um, Coach, unfortunately, though, it was another tough week for your squad. Um, North Andrew came to town last Friday night. You ended up walking out with a 74-6 victory over your Lions. Coach just uh, walks through the game. Yeah, I thought we our guys came out um, really well. Uh, we actually took the first drive down and scored. And then um, North Andrew just kind of took over the game from that point and um, just, yeah, they're, they're really good football players. Um, they got a great team. Um, they're well coached. They're a bunch of tough kids. So, um, they did a great job and, uh, ended up getting the victory from us. Well, coach, definitely, uh, every week is a new week to improve. So, um, coach, um, this week, it's a three hour road trip all the way to Knox County this week. Um, coach, uh, what have you seen on film from them and, um, what can we expect on Friday? Yeah, Knox County is a good football team. I think they started the season three and zero, and uh, you know they're playing some good football. They got some really good players. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenge each week for our for our football team. Um, but our guys, our young guys, are getting better each week. And you know, what I'm looking for is just you know improvement. And so I think the guys have really uh, put their nose to the grindstone to speak, and you know, really brought their hard hats to practice this week. And we, we mentally, physically, emotionally prepared for Friday. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to getting out there on the field again and playing under the lights and, uh, you know, just having a great football night in America. Well, absolutely. Definitely. I know you guys are – it may not show up on the win-loss record, but I know you guys are improving out there every single week. I had the opportunity to see you guys a couple of weeks ago, and that was uh, – that's definitely the case. So, um Coach Shank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again. And uh, good luck to you and your boys this week, the rest of the week in practice. And good luck to you guys on the trip to Knox County. Thanks, Clifton. Take care.
Dallas St. Joseph Christian head coach Troy Shank there on that interview. The rest of our eight-man schedule includes North Andrew on the road at Stanbury. North Andrew looking to get themselves back into the eight-man football poll since the first of the season. They'll have a tough challenge ahead at Stanbury. I know the Bulldogs are looking to get that win against North Andrew. Cardinals beat Stanbury twice last season. Orc is on the road at Worth County. Two undefeated football teams. Should be really fun there. Worth County coming off that big win against King City last week. I know Worth County, they got themselves up to number two in the poll, just right behind Stanbury. So definitely this matchup with Orc will be a tough one. King City looking to rebound off that loss to Worth County. They're at home against Rockport. Blue Jays also looking to get back into the win column after last week's shutout loss to East Atchison. Speed to East Atchison. They're at home this week against Mound City. South Holt is at Stewartsville Osborne. Southwest Livingston at Platte Valley. It is homecoming there at PV. Nottoway Valley is at DeKalb. And then some non-conference games. Schuyler County is at Albany. And Pattonsburg is at Reach Hill. We discussed some of the big matchups in eight-man football of the week. We talked with Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane in our weekly conversation. We break down top matchups in week six. And we look back at week five. With that, here's our interview with Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane. And we're here on the Cliff Dust Podcast. We have to end our eight-man portion. We can't have this eight-man football portion without the two experts of eight-man football. One of them is Anthony Crane. The other one is Devin Albertson. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy being here. Always. It's always a pleasure chatting with you guys about eight-man football. Let's do a quick recap of last week. Um, Worth County won my... um, Week five team of the week, I think for very good reason. A very, very good football game in King City. Uh, 44 to 34 was the final score. I know both of you guys were in the house for that game. Devin was streaming the game for Missouri 8-man football. Anthony, you were on the field covering the game. Um, Gentlemen, just your thoughts on this huge ball game. You, Anthony. <laughs> well, um, listen, I – it's not often that Worth County can be overseen uh, in the game of eight-man football, um, but they kind of were this year. Um, just just from last year, there were a lot of things that didn't go their way, injuries, um, and some off-field stuff. Um, but, you know, I liked what they had coming into this year. I just didn't expect them um, to maybe finish one or two in the GRC. And, you know, as we've discussed, even third or fourth in the GRC, that's a really good team. Um, but I – <laughs> to be honest, I was, I was kind of blown away with what we saw on Friday night um, and just how much better they appeared than King City. Um, really, King City, uh, you know, I can't take credit away from them for kind of forcing those fumbles. Um, but then again, I don't know if not for that, you know, rain that came out of nowhere. I know Devin uh, avoided that by hiding inside. Um Absolutely. But I don't know without those fumbles if that game's even a 10-point game. Um, they just – everything they wanted to do on offense, uh, they did. Um, and to me, the most surprising part, then I'll let Devin uh, give his view on it, was Aiden Gladstone. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him since he was a sophomore. Um, he showed some flashes then. You know, last year he had the broken ankle, which, you know, he never fully recovered, I don't think. Um, but this year he looks, you know, stronger – Still a bit of a skinny kid, but he showed some strength um, running through uh, the middle on some of those touchdowns Friday night. 
Um, and just his ability to throw the ball was amazing. He, he put that ball where he wanted it. Um, and I was just blown away by what they were able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And Anthony, I said that was Gladstone. He was 10 of 12 passing for 180 yards and one touchdown. And it felt like more during the game. It felt like anytime North County wanted to throw the ball, they were getting big chunk plays out of it. Uh, Jackson, Rundy, and Dylan McIntyre are pretty good tight ends they have for him. Uh, run good routes and get open there for him. And Reinhardt was pretty quiet. He only had 93 yards rushing. He did have about six yards to carry um, and a touchdown. But Gladstone kind of stole the show. One pass touchdown, four rushing, and 126 yards there on the ground. Worth County moved the ball with these on offense. They're, I believe they didn't score on four drives. They had three fumbles and one drive in it at the half, the one-yard line, uh, when time just barely came off the clock there. Um, so very good game for Worth County offensively. And King City – for them, it wasn't – their offense needs a second pitch. They need a curveball or a change of the throw at teams. Parker Muff went 46 carries for 322 yards and five touchdowns. The rest of the team had four carries total for eight yards. You need someone else you can kind of trust to take some load off of him because you could tell he was starting to wear down a little bit in the fourth quarter. In King City, give him credit. They were, they were keen on it. I mean, Jackson Rundy, Reinhardt, McIntyre, Gladstone, all of them, we're shooting through the line and knowing number three was getting the ball the whole game. So something I look forward to Wells uh, landing was only four of 12 passing for 66 yards and two interceptions. He didn't look fantastic throwing the football. And they kind of struggled to protect him a little bit there too, uh, because by the time they're going to throw the ball, it was kind of, they had to throw the ball kind of deal. So I get, you have a workhorse who's probably the best running back in the state in Parker Muff, but you need to find a second pitch and they have some kind of a little or schedule coming up after this Rockport game to kind of figure out some other options and other ways to attack people in the playoffs. Because once you get to October, November football, you got to have something else you can throw at teams besides just your, your fastball. So that's where I'm at with King City right now. I think they're a really good football team still. They're three and two, but they would be favoring against almost everybody in the state at this point. But they got to figure out something else because for them to go to the state championship game, they still got to go through some good teams. Yeah, and that was the surprising thing to me because, you know, last year when Landon Wells came back um, from his – broken collarbone in that Worth County game, he threw some beautiful balls. Him and Corbin Taylor, I think, you know, Corbin had like 13 receptions that game. Um, And just, it kind of, it reminded me a little bit of the way Russell Wilson throws a deep ball. Just seemed like a lot of hang time. He just dropped in there. And for some reason, I don't, and, you know, that was the first time I'd seen King City this year. I don't know what's going on there, um, but he just didn't look like the same guy. Um, I agree. My other concern was their inability to stop the pass. Like, if Worth County wanted to throw the ball, they were throwing it. Um, mm-hmm. So, those are a couple of things that would concern me moving forward, especially, you know, Stanberry's not a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, but once, you know, like Devin said, once you get into October, November, when these games really matter, you'll run into teams that can throw the football. Mm-hmm. And, and the three you can't stop and the three games I've watched of King City have been against North Andrew, Stanbury, Worth County. So three of the better teams in the state, but all three times when teams wanted to move the ball, maybe they couldn't get in the running game at first, but then they were able to throw the ball, kind of loosen up that back end of the defense, then they were able to run the ball behind it kind of deal. So it's something they got to get figured out, the play-action pass game, because Eichner killed him week one, uh, Tyler Swayback killed him receiving option in week uh, three, and then this week with uh, McIntyre and Rundy did it again. So it's something they need to fix with their defense. And there are some defenses that are great that are just not good in the past. You saw with South Holt and Holt last year, they could stop anybody in a phone booth. You start airing it out, and they give up big plays. I mean, just the way it is with some teams a little bit. So it might just be one of the things that we have to keep an eye on later in the year when they're playing in the playoff versus a Bishop of Blonde 
or an Oric who can throw the ball a little bit, how they match up with that in district play. That's really more looking at King City at this point going forward. Yeah, and like <laughs> we've talked about this year, there, there are no perfect teams. There's not a you know mound city with a defense that you can't do anything on. Um, there aren't really those teams this year. Um, there are a lot of really good teams. Um, and we'll talk about this as we move forward. Um, but that's what makes this year fun is because there's not that <laughs> team that you can't see, you know, getting beat at some point. Yeah, and we're talking all these flaws with King City, and they were up in the fourth quarter against Worth County. And Worth County went up for scored 22 straight points. But with all these flaws, all the stuff we're kind of talking about, they were still up on Worth County, who's now the number two team in the state. They were up on Stanbury for most a lot of that game as well. So just things to look forward to. Yeah, there's some flaws, but their two losses are to Stanbury and Worth County. So they're, they're okay flaws to have as a really good team. Oh, absolutely. And Coach Barons, if you're listening, you were still my number two team. <laughs> so, <laughs> gentlemen, let's do a quick recap here real quick. We got a couple of other games that were in the top ten last week. Archie had a close one over Bishop LeBlanc, 28-24. to 24. And then uh, East Ashton over Rockport. That game, I was surprised that game was over by half. 48 to nothing, East Atchison won that game. So, gentlemen, just a quick recap of those two ball games. I'll go first with my boy down at Archie with Drew Smith. Um, they were – I think LeBlanc's a pretty solid team, and they met they had some matchup issues. Reggie Love came back this week, and he's a horse there in the backfield. But Archie's defense, I think, is better than I expected this year. At this point, they played Jasper and LeBlanc the last couple of weeks and held them um, under 20 – I think it's 16 and 24 points between the two of them. So, Really good defensive effort from Archie. Offensively, they got to start figuring some things out. We got Drexel this week, so they got to be able to score some points to beat some better teams, I think. But I think Archie's kind of shown that they can play with a little bit of a couple of the other teams and everything. I think LeBlanc's a solid team. We saw him beat North Andrew, who was not at full strength earlier this year. So it's kind of a good gauge for Archie to kind of see where they're at. And for LeBlanc, it's a tough loss, but it didn't really hurt him that much. I still think LeBlanc's going to finish 8-1 and 7-2, and look at their schedule. Kind of depends on the deal uh, the last week of the season. So they're in great shape to possibly host throughout the playoffs and not have to travel to King City or to Oric and have one of them come to your place and also not have to play them in the second round. Sets up Bishop LeBlanc for a really nice run later in the year as well. So LeBlanc's still in good shape. Archie, they, they get inside their spate this week. And I'll let Anthony talk about that game or EA Rockport. Well, you know, EA is the second best team in the state. Um, and we're a few weeks from them being able to prove that maybe they may be the best team in the state. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think part of the problem is offensively, they're not, they're not sexy. They don't, you know, score a ton of points. They don't have one offensive guy that's, you know, got 800 yards rushing. Um, it's just, you know, and it's just the way football is these days. You know, there aren't a lot of great defenses in any level. And if there is, you don't, you don't really give them the credit. Um, that being said, you know, they haven't played a ton of great teams, which is, you know, no fault of their own. Um, but just defensively, it's going to be <coughs> extremely hard for anyone to do anything. I thought maybe Rockport would put up somewhat of a fight early on, um, but they did not. Um, and I think part of that is that, you know, EA is of this mindset that no one's giving them – any love um in which they've said that so i'm not just <laughs> speculating here um and so they're just going to demolish teams when they get the opportunity um and i think that game coming up with stanbury is going to be great um you know especially with barons and hilton being uh brother-in-laws and stuff like that 
Um, I think that's going to be fun. Um, but I am interested to discuss Stan Barry um, as we, you know, talk about games this week um, because I think that's a team that I think – I'll go ahead. I have one thing to mention with last week. So, EA, they did exactly what I thought they would do versus Rockport. I didn't – I thought Rockport was a solid team this year, but not from the same level. I think Rockport is in that same class as Platte Valley, South Holt, um, Mound City, that little class of four, then 275, second, second tier. Um, and I think South Holt's second best team in that conference. And I saw what EA did at South Holt. So um, I was pretty confident with EA. I have them, I'm really distracting them at number three in the state. Sorry. Um, to Coach Barron, I have number three. I did have him jump Drexel this past week. So sorry to Coach Dean, but I had EA past you guys this past week. So I get to see Drexel in person this upcoming week to kind of see where they're at. Um, so I'll have to see at least an eye on all the top teams, except for East Ashton, actually, this year um, through the first few weeks, at least. So it should be a lot of fun. But uh, I just want to say I got EA at three, so I'm sorry, Coach Barron, to have you all the way down at three in the rankings. So um, yeah. that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> well, those, those rankings have been tough um, because yes. I'm a big fan of North Shelby. Um, but it, it's just hard for me to really have any team jump another um, just because that top five is so good. Um, mm-hmm. fairly even. Uh, I don't yeah. think, you know, like we've mentioned, there's not a Southwest Livingston, Mountain City, you know, 2017 North County. County where you know for sure they're number one. Stanbury started there. They haven't lost. Um, so they haven't really had a reason to move down. And that's kind of the way I've been doing it with these other teams. I bumped Worth County up uh, even more just because, you know, they've proven it against a good team. Drexel has that opportunity this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, North Shelby's going to have their chances too coming up. Yep. So let's let's talk about this week's games, guys. Uh, starting um, starting with the number one team in the state, still Stanberry. Uh, they they were off week four with COVID protocols. Um, they came back last week, rebounded very nicely against Pattonsburg in a big time game there. Um, North Andrew and Stanberry. I know North Andrew. You know they went zero and two to start the season. They're starting. You really get their really start to get their act together a little bit. Hey, Necker had that big game a couple weeks ago. Um, this should be a this should be I think this should be a fun game here, and I think it's going to be a good chance, really, for North Andrew Andrew to try to get themselves into that top ten of your guys's poll there. So, uh, North Andrew Stanberry, your thoughts? Well, North Andrew, you know, if Hey Necker doesn't step in a hole in week one, who knows how that game goes? Um, because they're just and once again, you know, I don't even I will admit this. I've admitted it to them. I didn't look at that team last year and think, holy shit, that's a lot of talent. Um, but they have enough talent and their system is just so well run and they just play so well um, that it they just beat up other teams and do things correctly. And don't turn the ball over. Um, and so now they're healthy. Um, they've gotten a few weeks here against a softer schedule to figure things out. Um, and they could be a team that really makes some noise um, over the final month of the season. Yeah, for sure. North Andrew is a good team. I have them just outside my top 10, like the 11 spot. I kind of debated that 10 spot uh, with them as well. I think they're a really good football team. And uh, their two losses, as Anthony said, week one to King City, who I think is still a top five team. And then um, – week two to LeBlanc whenever they didn't have Ecker. So, you know, if your best player, you're playing eight-man, it's going to be tough to win those games versus other good teams kind of deal. Um, and Ecker's been fantastic. He's had 640 yards now through three and a half games <laughs> and 15 touchdowns. He's just been fantastic since he's returned. He's a really good running back. 
Yeah, I know Anthony talked about his own podcast uh, with Coach Kevin talking about the top running backs in the state. You really can't grade them accurately because there's like seven or eight ones. You're like, well, they could be one or seven, but there's not a huge gap between all those guys with Ecker and Sheever from Stanbury, Muff, <laughs> and Buchanan from Oregon. Just all of them, coffee as well. You throw them all in there. And it's like, well, I think any of these guys, because they're all really good football players, that makes these games exciting. We have North Andrew versus Stanbury. Sheeper for Stanbury, I think, is a really good football player uh, for them as well. And they have some good studs around him as well. They got Austin Colvin was back uh, last week. I saw in the stats as well. And he's a monster up front for Stanbury. And I think that might be the difference in this game. I think Stanbury, I trust their line a little bit more than North Andrew at this point. Uh, despite North Andrew having only guards and fullbacks and then Ecker on their roster, um, they're a really fun team to watch play just because it's the, their style and they like just hitching the mouth. It's a bar fight with Coach Williams about every game. Uh, but I just think oh, Stanbury hold on. a little bit better. What? You, uh, you're sleeping on Braxton Linville, who may be okay, one of the best right. freshmen I've I've seen uh, recently, you know, aside from maybe your coffee and guys like – he's on that level. Um, yep. And there I are people in Rosendale that think he may be one of the best eight-man players to ever do it by the time he's done just because he's got it physically and upstairs, he's smart. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I did do a, a preview of this game for the uh, Savannah Reporter. Um, and while I was digging into Stanbury a little bit, and as good as they are, what's, <laughs> what's interesting to me um, will be Stanbury's defense. Now, and through four games, they're allowing 17 points a game. Only one of those teams that you would consider a good team. And in that game, King said he scored 32. So for me, I think that's the most interesting part is we'll find out a whole lot um, about Stanbury's defense this week um, and where they're at. Um, because, you know, history says that against bad teams, they'll hold them down. Against teams with a top five running back, they struggle. Now, you were there and they had an injury to a one of their defensive linemen that kind of helped King City move the ball. Um, yep. So we'll see, you know, because this is a North Andrew team that beat them by 30 last year. Now, not the same team, but it's the same system. Uh, big guys up front, Ecker in the backfield, and a quarterback that can run the ball. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a fascinating game. A part of me wishes, you know, they start at 5 o'clock on Friday and I could drive 15 minutes to Grant City and watch that one. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a fantastic football game. And you said there with Austin Colvin, once he got went down against against King City, King City was able to run the ball again because Colvin, he listed at 6'4", 270. He is every bit of that. He just moves people in the middle of that line. You just can't really run up the A-gaps with him there because he just controls the middle line of scrimmage. It helps everyone else kind of flow to the outside a little bit better and they can close out some running lanes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. North Andrew, I think, is a really good football team, though. And I like the move to Chittam at fullback. I think he brings a nice little battering ram ahead of Ecker on those runs, and it should be a lot of fun with that. So I think it'll be a really fun football game. And both these teams kind of play a similar style where they're not worried about scoring 50, 60 points. They're worried about just hitting you in the mouth over and over and then see who's survived or after four quarters. So it should be a really fun. This is a game as well. For five straight years, not too long ago, these teams were meeting in the state championship game every year, and they kind of built their own natural rivalry before they even joined the same conference kind of deal. So it's always a nice little extra – uh, motivational there as well as two teams who know they're kind of at the top of eight man uh, two blue bloods kind of going at it is a lot of fun absolutely two two blue bloods there and now the last two matches we're going to talk about are two battle of two undefeated teams the first one we're going to talk about number two worth county at number two in the poll after their win against king city which we just talked about um 
They're taking on an Oric team that is also undefeated, really taking care of business. I remember when Oric was winning class one state championships on the 11 man side. Now they're an eight man football undefeated. They got a tough challenge ahead of them against Worth County. So uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on this game. Well, I mean, we, we talked about Worth County um, and I think this is easily Oric's biggest test of the year. Um, what I've seen from Oric over the last few weeks, though, is a team that maybe is starting to figure out Thacker's system um, because they've been dominant. Um, now, they haven't played any, like, great teams, um, but, you know, early in the season, they seem to struggle against teams maybe they shouldn't have. They moved Blake Buchanan to running back. Um, they dealt with some COVID things uh, in there that may have, you know, hurt their defensive stats a little bit and maybe made those games a little more interesting. Um, but this looks like a team that's figuring things out. Um, and it's going to be tough for Worth County just because Blake Buchanan can score in about any way possible. I think he did that last week. I think he threw a touchdown, caught one, probably ran for five more. Um, he's been one of the best players in eight-man football basically since he got to high school. Um, and so I think I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I think – you know, Worth County may have a little more talent top end, um, but when you have Coach Thacker, um, he's going to get the best out of you um, and game plan the best. So I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, and Oryx, a team that, you know, they're sitting in that seven, eight, six, seven, eight ranking. Um, but again, they're a team that with one win could jump up into this mixture of, you know, five teams that we can't exactly figure out. Yeah, absolutely. And Oryx is a team I was high on in the preseason as well. Um, just kind of looking at their side of the bracket, kind of dealing with the same thing that makes some noise. Um, and Blake Buchanan, he was actually a fresh from that 2018 Oryx team that went to the state semifinals, ran to Mount City, so it didn't go well there, um, there in the semifinals. But he was running back at that point, moved to quarterback the last couple of years, and kind of is alternating back and forth at this point, playing a little more running back. He's just a really smart crafty runner kind of deals how I want to describe his running style he's not the Parker Muff gonna run through your soul kind of running back or in Ryan Hartford County he's a little more crafty he sees holes and alleys that other running backs just don't see and is able to score through them and has good speed as well uh, to get to the outside and score he's a knack for the end zone pretty much he has 18 touchdowns in four games he's can get to the end zone pretty much anyway pop let's just rush him. I think he has over 20 um, on the seat 21 total touchdowns on the season He's also a pretty good defensive back well for him, so we'll see if Worth County can throw the ball a little better. I think Worth County is going to be able to run the ball against that Oric defense, though. Um, Oric has beaten St. Paul Lutheran and Northwest Hughesville this year early on, who I think are both kind of in that 9-15 to 15 range for teams. So they played a couple of good teams. I like St. Paul Lutheran a little bit more than most people do outside of this. Me and Anthony kind of know how good they are, but everyone else in the state's kind of catching up yeah. at this point a little bit with St. Paul Lutheran. Um, so we'll see where they kind of go. Location, location, location. <laughs> You're not wrong. So I think St. Paul Lutheran uh, was actually up on week one and Oric started to figure some things out and ended up pulling that game away. And if you're, you're Oric, you have two big games coming up here. You have Worth County this week and then North Shelby here in a couple weeks as well in week eight that can really either keep you where you're kind of at or maybe drop you a little bit or vault you up into the top of the eight man a little bit, a little bit for Oric as well. So they're a team that's really positioned themselves well to kind of advance forward. I know they gave up 50 points a couple weeks ago to Bramer, but they were without their starting middle linebacker, uh, Jackson Miller, for that game. He's back, and they helped hold Northwest Hughesville kind of in check a little bit there. So they got the talent. We'll see how they do against another top echelon team in Worth County 
is a different animal when you're playing Worth County, but they have been Worth County trouble in the past couple of years as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I was at that game a couple of years ago um, when we got that giant rainstorm up north and they had moved the game to northwest. Um, and I was really impressed with um, the way they hung with uh, with Worth County in that game. Uh, I think even Blake Buchanan may have been out that game. Um, yes, he was. You know, it, it ended up being like 28 to 7. Um, a lot of the, it poured the entire game. But uh, I've been impressed. You know, last year they did – they hired the wrong coach. Um, and I think that – hurt that team a lot um and and, you know I think coach Thacker has had to do a lot with that team you know it was you know three or four weeks before the season I saw them in an Albany camp uh he was so frustrated he had them running two plays uh in these scrimmages just so they would figure it out um that's kind of where I'm saying like I think maybe now they have and Mm -hmm. we can see the best of work moving forward and uh, gentlemen, uh, just a quick one here. A uh, little bit of you, Anthony. You say location, location, and uh, this is a little <laughs> bit outside of the Cliff Notes podcast uh, viewing area. But Drexel at Drexel against Archie for this week. Number three against number eight. Uh, also, shout out to Coach Dean, um, big listener of the podcast. Uh, appreciate that, Coach. We're going to give you some love here on the Cliff Notes podcast. Here, Archie and Drexel, gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, I'll be at this game, so I decided to get, go south for a change, I guess, here and head down to Archie and Drexel. It should be a lot of fun. I went to Drexel last year for the district semifinal between these two teams, district sorry, district championship game between these two teams, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of points being scored, both teams going at it. And when I went down there, I told both coaches after the game, like, the talent in this field, I think, was pretty comfortable for a lot of the teams we saw up north as well. That had been the knock against the south for a long time. Yeah, they win the south, they come up to the north, and they get knocked down by these big teams – kind of get swatted away. It's been a little different that Drexel did play with Southwest Livingston decent for about two and a half quarters last year. Southwest was just really good last year. It was the problem for Drexel in that state semifinal. I think both these teams are very good. We've seen Archie being able to beat LeBlanc again this year when LeBlanc's a little bit better. Drexel has had a pretty light schedule so far. A lot of the teams who they thought maybe get a little better have it kind of deal, so they've been able to take care of business there. And their schedule definitely picks up here later part of the season as well. They still got Archie and Jasper and St. Paul Lutheran left for the last three to four weeks. So they got some better games coming up here to kind of ramp up for their playoffs a little bit here. But I just think Drexel, Jacob Coffey is probably the best player in the state. He's a junior uh, running back, now a quarterback for him. And they're actually throwing the ball a little bit this year, which is interesting uh, for them. They weren't a big throwing team last year, and they've unleashed the pass a little bit there. And they're still really good defensively. They're a team that's going to fly around on defense, try to keep Jacob Coffey untouched there on the defensive linebacker position, let him just – Rome free and just um, do his thing kind of on defense. They're a really good football team that I'm really excited to see. And I already talked about Archie earlier. I think they're kind of young. I think they're maybe a year away from being where they want to be. But this is a good learning moment for all these uh, a lot of these young kids there for Archie to play in a big game like this versus a conference rival should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, when we when we talk about, you know, that one through seven, um, I think it's south, by the way. To us, you know, Jay, Jacob Coffee is number one. Um, now, I have heard some things about if he played up north, he would just be another one of these guys. I think that's coming from people that have not seen him in person. Um, because last, last, year, last year, last year in that game, he willed that team because that was that was all Jacob Coffee, and that's yeah. you know, again, you know, the defense actually played well, so we'll give them some credit. But offensively, he was it. He was the only person doing it. Um, and he's just really impressive once you see him in person. 
Um, and I think that's the biggest difference in this game. Um, you know, Archie, I think maybe a year, two years from now, definitely, uh, once these young kids kind of grow up, um, that's, that's when <laughs> they'll be really, really good. The problem is they're really young right now, and I don't think they've figured out that, that killer mentality just yet. Um, they're still learning. Um, and that's why I think Drexel will probably uh, handle them fairly easily this week, um, especially if, and Devin, you may have heard if, um, you know, that kid that got tossed last week, if he can't play, that's a huge loss for Archie uh, because he's a big kid that can go and get the ball and kind of gives that's him that threat on the outside. Um, but yeah, I, when I watched Archie in person, you know, physically they are really gifted, um, even mm. the young kids. Um, and they're big up front. Um, so that may be their best opportunity to hang in this one is to kind of, um, you know, like St. Joe Christian has done the last few weeks, um, though they've ended in, you know, blowouts, what they did was they held onto the ball, tried to hang in there as long as they could. And I think that'd be the best plan for Archie is just, you know, play good defense, which they do, um, and kind of, you know, own that clock. Yeah, for sure. I want to give out two shout-outs to a couple of linemen in this game. I think a whole lot for Archie. It's Christian Ward. I think he's an underrated lineman in the state. And then Caleb Mayfield for Drexel. Two really good linemen that if they played up north, they'd get a little more recognition from everyone else kind of around the state. I've seen them both in person. They're both very large people. Uh, they can move some people <laughs> off the line of scrimmage. Um, so I just enjoy some a little bit of line play, and they deserve a little love. We already, we already talked about uh, Caden Sutton and Brian McIntyre for Archie. I know Coffee and Company got a lot of for Drexel. But I wanted to just give a little shout-out to the – Guys up front, Mike Munter as well for Drexel, who do a good job just doing the dirty work a little bit so that everybody else can have their glory kind of deal. And they give us a lot of love on social media. So, got a yes, I do. Guys. <laughs> you cannot have offense without the offensive line. So, uh, gentlemen, a lot of lot, lot of places where you can catch up Anthony and Devin's work. Um, Missouri 8 com, Mo 8 com, um, on the Missouri Mo 8 Man Football on Twitter. Uh, there's a a pinned page, you can get uh, team pages, schedules, standings, all that good stuff. Devin hosts the Straight Up Sports podcast. Anthony Crane, the Anthony Crane podcast with um, a good friend of the show, um, former Pattonsburg head coach Scott Cavan. Coach, coach, shout out to you. Um, just He's fine. A lot of, lot of places where you can catch Devin and Anthony's work. Um, Archie and Drexel, right? That's going to be streamed on the eight-man football um, Facebook page this week. And then, Anthony, where are you going to be at? I'll be in Grant City. Such Anthony, a beautiful – it's a beautiful drive this time of year. Anthony's going to be – And, and uh, I think we're going to have Coach Thacker on the podcast this week. So, uh, oh, can't miss that. That's, uh, can't, that's can't miss. Absolutely. I cannot miss that. Coach Thacker, one of the greats in the eight-man football. Anthony Crane podcast, don't miss it. Straight up sports, Devin Albertson. Uh, I know Devin's going to be going live on the eight-man football page on Wednesday. You can check that out there. So, um Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on once again, talking eight-man football. I love doing it every single week. And um, good luck to you guys both in your coverage this week. Thank you. Thanks, Cliff. And that was Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane. Thank you both, gentlemen, again for coming on the show six straight weeks. We've talked eight-man football with you guys. Let's quickly run down the Kansas schedule for week five of their season. Troy is on the road to Jackson Heights. Riverside is at Republic County, Atchison at Turner, Mar Hill at ACCHS, Jefferson West at Hiawatha, Sabetha at Rock Creek, 
Horton at Central Heights, and then Maranatha Academy is at Donathan West. That will do it for the Week 6 pregame show. Uh, we're going to have a Week 6 postgame show on Friday night to run down all the to run down all the scores and all that stuff. So that we'll have the Week 7 pregame show next week. But until then, take it easy, everybody, and thank you so much for your listenership.